Welcome to Under the Fig Tree Podcast. In today's episode, hosts Reverend Micah Glenn and Reverend Dr. Ben Haupt sit down with a special guest as they meditate under the fig tree. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back once again to another episode of Under the Fig Tree. I'm your host, Reverend Micah Glenn, the Director of Recruitment here at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, always joined by my friend and co-host, Reverend Dr. Ben Haupt. How are you today, bro? I'm good, I'm good. I I just noticed, actually, as you were um, delivering your opening line, it gave me a second to realize that you have some some nice sneakers on that I don't know that I've ever seen before. Uh, Well, Um, so for our 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 Spotify (laughs) listeners, you gotta you gotta actually describe them, uh, but maybe we can even get them on camera for our YouTube watchers. Okay. Well, so they they're Nikes. Um, You've already kind of baited me out once and asked how many pairs of shoes I have. Here's here's (laughs) one pair. We we could probably do this for a very long. time. Oh, we could. We could. Uh, But but they're Nike foam posits. I can't remember what style they are, but if you Google Nike foam posits, you'll get an idea of the style of the shoe. It, you know, it's interesting how things come back around. So, uh, you know, well, growing up, uh, Jordans were a big thing for us every year. They come Jordans. out with a new pair. And so, like, people would line up in big lines. And Did you have the, the version that you could pump up? Well, those aren't Jordans, but... Oh, those aren't Jordans. Jordans never had pump-ups, but okay. they like there were like Nike pump-ups yeah, and like yeah. other brand shoes. I did have a pair of, okay. of pump shoes, and yeah. then like, you would yeah, right. release it. <laughs> I definitely had a pair of pumps once upon a time. Um, but yeah, these these came out a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, do you remember Penny Hardaway? Didn't, okay, I'm asking <laughs> the wrong person. They were his signature shoe when he played basketball in the 90s. I think, I, but I, I think, think maybe I had a, a basketball card because right. I was a card collector. So that's fair. It's the only way I would have known. They they either came out in like the late 90s or like the early 2000s. I can't actually remember. Uh, but yeah, I I have on my my dressy brown shoes. I have one other brown pair of shoes. Uh, these are the dressy brown, and I I have one pair of black shoes. And then I have a pair of tennis shoes. Next time you get some brown dress shoes, you should go for monk straps. Monk straps? So they're just the strap instead of laces. Oh. All right. Uh, okay, enough of this. So, hey, let's, yeah, all right. Let, fair let, enough, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Let, let's move on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on from our I'll shoes. Ta- I'll talk to Selena. Yeah, right. uh, we are joined uh, <laughs> by a guest, uh, second-year seminarian, Daniel Buckman. How are you, bro? I'm doing all right. I'm also not a sneakerhead, so uh, don't ask me to show my shoes. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, it, everybody has their thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have your thing. You know, when I introduced you, and we had this conversation before we had you on, me and Ben both want to call you Daniel Beekman. Yeah. Because Be- that's the German That's the German way. Well, I was, I was talking to a German foreign exchange student last year, Yeah, and the UE would turn into an umlaut. Right. So right. it would be, be Beekman. Buchmann. No, yeah, it Buch- wouldn't be Bu- Buckman. No, well, not oh, not Buckman or but Buchman. It'd be, it, it would be Buchman or mm-hmm. or it could be Beekman. So in German, you typically pronounce the second vowel of a diphthong. Okay, which is two vowels connected. And so. the way that the way that you pronounce a diphthong for the the U is uh, make the sound of U with mm-hmm. your lips, mm-hmm. but then say E E E. That's that's U umlaut Beekman. Wow, I'm well, learning how to say my own name. That's pretty cool. <laughs> this is uh, German <laughs> German linguistics lesson 101. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, welcome to the podcast. You are, in fact, the first student that we've had on Under the Victory. Wow, well, uh, I'm happy and honored to be here. That's awesome. 
So Daniel works of this season. What other student has been on? Um, Mason Beath. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, that shout out to Mason Beath. Pastor, uh, pastor. I still remember Mason you, Mason. <laughs> but yes, he is a pastor, and that was on our very first season. He, it feels like a long time. Yeah, ago. Yeah, that was a long time uh, ago when we were still kind of in COVID living. That might have been. That was that was shot. Um, oh, it was definitely on Zoom. Over Zoom. And it yeah. was probably like the second or third episode right? ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. if you're a new listener. Wow. Uh, so that was the last time that we had a student while yeah. we were still in the Wow. So you were either scarred by it pandemic. or you were having a great time and just <laughs> wanted to have me back. I mean, so like the show has evolved. And so it started on Zoom and then we kind of had a makeshift studio, recording studio. And then the comms team built us a live wow. set. Yeah. And uh, so, you know... You, you don't block it out. You just, you know, you just move with the times. I just, I didn't forget about Mason. I just forgot that he was a guest on the he podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you, you work in our department as a student worker. I do. Daniel yeah. gives tours, uh, helps with events, probably does a number of other things for our department that, you know, somebody yeah, else do. tells you to do probably Sarah and Monica, but yeah. tell us, um, what year are you? And, um, and, and what program are you in? I'm a second-year MDiv student, so I'm studying to become a pastor here in a couple of years. I'm looking forward to Vicarage at the end of this year, my what, call day assignment. What does MDiv stand for? MDiv is uh, Masters of Divinity. So, I, If he was going, he almost paused there, and uh, I thought, if he, if he can't say this, <laughs> <laughs> we might actually have to, uh, we, just, we just had our uh, professor review meeting where we review all the students, and you... Oh, did you, I pass? Uh, you you passed. You uh, you're, oh my nobody brought you up and said, you know, oh, that good. Daniel. Um, so I don't yeah. know. I'm a troublemaker. We're, we we do all of that in love, and it's all for the sake of helping yeah. our students. Yeah. But uh, no, your your name didn't come up. So oh well, yeah, that's good. Which is that's I think, a good thing. Yeah. So so uh, as a student, because uh, you know, I get to ask you these questions a little bit. What what's what are your courses that you're taking? You don't have to go through all of them, but what is it like? Second year is a little different than first year. Let yeah. you get your feet wet, and then yeah, you come is. back in the fall, and it's like, all right, now graduate school. Here we go. Yeah. Get to it. First year, you kind of focus on the uh, Greek and kind of the New Testament stuff. Yeah. Uh, I came in from a public school. A big university background, so I never took any of the Greek or Hebrew. Yeah. So the summer before my first year, I took Greek, and then we used that in like synoptic gospels yeah. and interpreting and communicating the word yeah. uh, using Greek. And this year, I just finished summer Hebrew, and I passed. So we're, we're celebrating that, and we're going into. I just finished up Torah uh, okay. with Dr. Adams, and What's now I'm Torah. Going, Torah, kind of the first five books of the Bible. But what does that mean, at, though? You tell me what it means. Well, it means law, but yeah, you're the student, not me. Oh well, too late. I just asked you. Anyway. Hey, it <laughs> he's means in law. that class right now, right? No, so oh. I just finished that one. We oh. were working our, through the Book of Exodus, okay, uh, kind of yeah, looking yeah. at all the story arcs in that. Really, how there's so much gospel in the Book of Exodus. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, everybody thinks of the Old Testament as being so heavily focused on law, because that they never think about. There's so much gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And everything really points to Jesus in the entire Bible. That's why it's all there. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to see that. And now Sounds we're going. Sounds like he learned some things. He's getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. If nothing else, I can give a sales pitch for the class. Nice. <laughs> now I'm getting into uh, profits with Dr. Golden. Okay. I've had one uh, in class session, one Zoom session so far. So it's been good. It's been interesting. And I'm really excited to see that take off. So, so. 
all of our listeners know the Bible, right? And they've yeah. and they've they've read some of the Bible. They they've studied the Bible. So what is different from like in in church? Uh, our prospective students they're reading the Bible in Bible study, Bible class at church. Mm-hmm. That's one kind of thing. How is sitting in a seminary classroom studying a, a specific book of the prophets? How is it different, or how, how is it both similar and different? Well, you're reading the same text. It might right. not be the same language. Sure. <laughs> Instead of reading English in the pew or in the Bible study, you're going to be looking at the original language. Yeah. And then you're also going to be looking at the cultural context of the day, kind of understanding yeah. more of the social norms of what it's like to be in ancient Israel and yeah. kind of what things look like. Like today in systematics, we were talking about head coverings and what oh, it right. looked like kind of in that time and how now sure. it can kind of be equated to like wedding rings. Uh, with just the social changes in um, in society. So you're looking at some of the cultural context and also some of the nuances of how mm-hmm. English has been translated. Yeah. Uh, so in some ways, it's like it's like taking Bible study and just going way going deeper. way deep to um, the nitty gritty. And yeah, and some some of the uh, best Bible studies in in the parish are are deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but this is um, just Mm-hmm. Kind of being at that level all the time. Yeah. Do you have to do? Um, do you have to translate? So, so we we have the yep. the Hebrew text, we have the English text. the The whole Hebrew and Greek Bible has been translated mm-hmm. into English. But uh, tell us, tell us what that's like. Yeah. Um, Professor uh, or Doctor Golden calls on you, Daniel. Uh, why don't you do some translating for us? What is that? Yeah. So. I haven't had that happen yet, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to Dr. <laughs> I was Gold. say, what are they doing in class yeah, these man. days? Well, we're only two sessions in now. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> right. what are they doing in class yeah, these days? <laughs> no, so the way it's going to be is we're broken up into groups, and we're all going to translate a couple of verses together, and then there's going to be a spokesman for that group Oh, nice. going through uh, parsing each of the verbs and talking about the nuances and some of the textual variations mm. and variants that are uh, depicted in the BHS. Hmm. And so, so, so um, that's a little bit different than when I was in class and uh, the Old Testament professor would say, Haupt, you have verse four. Uh, what's it say? Yeah. And, yeah. and then you just start and like, you, you, either, you either hope that you really did your homework and you have all of your translation notes or that you've memorized that verse in English, but that is usually called the weasel translation <laughs> and they just and won't get, allow it. And you get baited yeah. out. So yeah. I, I had Dr. Robbie uh, for both Hebrew readings and then an independent study. So it'd be, well, put your English Bibles away. Yeah. And then at the beginning of class, it, depending on the class, he might even say, put your notes away. And so we're just wow. sitting there with the BHS. And that really What's BHS uh, the Biblia Hebraica Stuttgartensia, Stuttgartensia yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the Latin phrase. I, I I've never learned Latin, guys. The official uh, Hebrew yeah text, version um, yeah, of the Old Testament, and we could go into Masoretes and things like mm-hmm. that. That's for, we should have somebody come on and talk about yeah. that. And so then that's how you know who's done their homework yeah. and who's tried to memorize it when they get there and they go uh, uh, <laughs> and they start stuttering over words. It's like, yeah. bro, you translate it or not? Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let, Get through let's, it. Let's do this. But right. you, you should be generous to your classmates. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. But 
But yeah, so, so now that's they're, good though. Now they're uh, it, pairing you up into yeah, groups. Yeah, it's more of a group setting so that it's, good. it's more of a group thing to have a better yeah. translation as opposed to somebody yeah. who kind of understands it. But you also have the verses beforehand, which you have to translate before class right. going in and yeah. saying, hey, okay, this is what this says. And I mean, last sem- or last quarter for uh, Torah, when I took that, uh, we had to lead... Uh, Hebrew lab. Mm. A small group of us nice. had to lead a Hebrew lab, and right. so I took the first first three verses. My friend took the next three, and then my other friend took the next three, nice. and we had to teach the entire hour uh, on the nine, eight or nine verses from uh, yeah. Exodus. You know what I love about that is it actually reminds me a lot of my time when I was a pastor in the parish, because we had a we had a group of of pastors. LCMS pastors that um, would get together. We got together on Tuesday mornings at a Panera Bread Company. Um, they didn't call it St. Louis Bread Company in uh, North Georgia, <laughs> um, but I knew that it was really St. Louis Bread Company. But we got together at Panera, and uh, we would, for 10 days out, so not that, that coming Sunday, but the following Sunday, we'd translate through uh, all the readings, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Gospel, uh, and if we had time, sometimes we would do a psalm. Um, oh. and, and it was very much a collaborative group process. Uh, but we were just sitting there with Greek and Hebrew and slogging yeah. through it. But it was it was amazing Bible study. And um, we had one guy that was really good in Hebrew, a couple other guys that were much better in Greek. Oh. And um, But it was a, it was a group process, so... There's a there's actually a book that was recommended to us by Dr. Penn Halligan. It's a devotional book, mm. uh, 365 days, where it has an Old Testament verse in Hebrew to translate, and it gives you a short little lexicon underneath it. It's got a verse in Greek with a short little lexicon as well, oh. and then it's also got a catechism reading along with it. And is that light on the way? What, what, is, what is this called? Something for like that. Uh, I can't remember I off the top of my head. I have it in my notes. So. Oh. That that used it. to um, that was written by a German pastor actually, and it was really? originally called Licht auf dem Weg, um, oh, which yeah. is light on the path or light I on the way. I think it is that light on the path. Light on the way. Uh, that sounds look right. it up on Amazon just in case if yeah. you're if you're you know because it it does it give you a translation as well or do you have to do the no translation? no oh. you have to you do, do the it. translation. It does give you like a glossary, mm-hmm. okay. so that so that. Um, for, it's it's basically assumes that you've had like basic. I was going to say if you don't know the syntax Greek. or grammar, you won't be able to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To translate but if probably, if but. somebody is um is working on learning Greek or, or Hebrew, Hebrew kind yeah. of on yeah. their yeah. own, it's a good way to just have a small little bit of Greek and Hebrew every yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then variants in authors because not every Greek author writes the same, and not every Hebrew author writes right. the yeah. same either. Right. Isaiah that independent class I had with uh, Dr. Robbie, we were going through the oracles against the nations in Isaiah. <laughs> I love Isaiah when you read them in English, but if you have to translate them in Hebrew, he'll Boy, drive you crazy. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's these words, it's hapax legomena, that are mm-hmm. used like once, and it, the, the, the writer is making it up to make up a word to convey a meaning that he wants to make up. So it's not a part of a regular gloss. It can be frustrating for 
yeah. a non-expert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just starting to look at Isaiah, and that's what we're going to be working through in this uh, prophets class, and yeah. that's going to be a lot. Uh, it'll make you sharp at Hebrew, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. 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 That, was, that was my worst grade at the seminary. Was it? Uh, was, was Isaiah and the prophets. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I mean, yeah. I, I can do Greek and Hebrew. I spent yeah. three years in undergrad yeah. in Greek and two years in Hebrew. I have to Hebrew, say, but I enjoy Hebrew more than I do Greek. Purely because for me, Hebrew is very structured and yep. orderly, and also I just took it last summer as opposed to Greek. I took well, there you go. Well, wait till you get to Isaiah. Right. It, yeah. Like it, so, <laughs> the grammar and syntax yeah. is more simple than Greek. Yeah. And and I tell guys when I'm they're looking for help in Hebrew, I say you know, if you memorize verbs, mm-hmm. you get most of the language. Greek, you I tell people don't look at vocabulary until. You've done your homework, but yeah, no I think my grade mostly had to do with playing too much Halo, and well, we've talked about that yeah. on this show before. <laughs> so video games that get you. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, Dan, you're currently a student, but mm-hmm. before you became a student, uh, you, there had to be some type of process where either somebody was encouraging you, or you had some kind of internal yeah, desire, because yeah. you went to a public university in I Tennessee. Did. I went to uh, I went public school preschool through University of Tennessee. Right. Go Vols, by the way. Go Vols. Okay. I, their football team's not bad this year, right? Oh, we're good. Okay. We just beat Alabama. Oh, well, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Top. Anyway, different different <laughs> conversation. What was your path? Uh, answer this however you want. What, what was your path? What were the decisions? How was your discernment that led you to apply uh, and to begin to pursue pastoral yeah, ministry? That's a, that's a good question because... Uh, I feel like I kind of ran from it for a little bit. Sure. I that's can you say yes. I want to pause there because I just <laughs> I hear this from so many prospective students yeah. that um they they kind of know that they want to come. They mm-hmm. know that they are supposed to come, mm-hmm. but there are lots of reasons why people oh, yeah, kind of yeah. run the other way. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I mean, I originally kind of was interested in ministry when I was younger. There was an old guy at my church who came up to me and said, all right, which side do you want to stand on? Pointed to the lectern, pointed to the pulpit. And I kind of was like looking back and forth between the two. And I was like, well, there's a lot of different people that stand up on the left. I was a lectern. And then I looked over at the right and I was like, but they wear really cool robes. (laughs) I was like, they're like Jedis up there. I mean, (laughs) I was like, I want to stand on the right. And I was just a little kid and the guy was old. He had white hair, walked with a cane. That's the only thing I knew. So like, I still have no idea who he is to this day, but uh, that kind of sparked it. And then it just ebbed and flowed over the years. You know, middle school came back up. Like, hey, you know, maybe I do want to do ministry. And then was that guy just like there, w- talking with you for just a few minutes, and then you never saw him uh, again? Yeah, it was life? it was like enough time to ask me that question, huh. and then I don't honestly know if I've ever seen him again. I, I, listen, seeds get planted by a lot of different yeah. people, and you never know. And then finally, I get to college. Did he look like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> I would have remembered a voice like that. No. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, entertaining. <laughs> entertaining angels unawares. I or, mean, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sadly, no. It did not sound like Morgan Freeman. All right. Yeah, All right. That would have been real cool, though. <laughs> that would, oh, that would have been. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, so I, I was about to graduate high school, and I was thinking I was going to go in the military. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time said, no, don't do that. So I said, all right, I'll go to university. So I did. I went to a 
community college for the first two years. Uh, It was free, and so I was getting a boosted GPA and everything else for when I transferred to state school. Uh, So I did that doing kind of a scholarship thing. And while I was at Pellissippi, I was, that was my community college. I was thinking... Pellissippi? Pellissippi State. It's spelled like Mississippi, only with a P. That sounds like a real Southern name to me. Pellissippi State. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of words in the South that, there's a road, I like to tell this, there's a road that I drive. It's spelled D-A-N-T-E. How do you think it's said? I would say dainty. It is Daney. Okay. Daney. Everybody says Dante. Oh, no, right? no, no. No, it's Daney. I, I did my vicarage Dainey. in Alabama, man. I'm, oh, I'm okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Country Boy right there. So. Count, it's County yeah. Boy, but it's all good. Everybody oh. thinks it's Country Boy. I that's mean, right. It's that's all right. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely not a Country Boy. <laughs> yeah. It's all, I, no, nothing I against Country Boy. I can tell with the sneakers. See. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> in community college, I was thinking, well, maybe. And I started just kind of thinking about it, and there's, there's no big, you know, Lutheran presence. We kind of have a bubble sure. in East Tennessee. I always call it my island of East Tennessee because, mm-hmm. you know, the only exposure I really had of a bunch of Lutherans is when I went to an NYG. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to a national sure. youth gathering until, you know, my high school and time. And I was like, whoa, there's like a lot of Lutherans. Sure. Whoa. And that was cool. And then uh, late, all throughout college, I'd been working with the middle school youth at uh, my home congregation of Grace Lutheran Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to, shout out to my guys. Uh, it was a great time, and while I was there doing, studying business, uh, I got a lot of words of affirmation saying, "Hey, have mm. you ever thought about going into ministry? Yeah. Hey, have you ever thought about being a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. Things like that." So that's where it started sparking this idea of, well, maybe I thought about it before. It keeps coming back up. But around that time, I'd been offered three different jobs. Hmm. Uh, I'd been working at UPS my entire college career. Mm -hmm. And so I had been hinted at, offered uh, a driving position. They wanted me for upper management, which is a different way. And both of those within half dozen years or a decade or so, I'd be making probably six figures. Hmm. Sure. Uh, And then with my international kind of concentration in my business... I had a company that wanted me, and within a half dozen years, I'd be over an international portion of the company, hmm. managing over $100 million worth of merchandise and people. I was just visiting uh, a, a Lutheran high school, or well, Faith Lutheran uh, High School in Las Vegas, which happens to be the largest LCMS Lutheran high school in the country, which blows my mind. It, you, you have to see it to believe it. It's one of those things, just because what they got going on there is so remarkable. But a student was saying, I want to go into business, and I was like, have you ever thought about international business? Yeah. And they were like, is that a thing? I was like, oh, absolutely. When you get ready for college, look it up. If, if yeah. business is your thing, focus yeah. on international business and you'll mm-hmm. always have a really good job. I ended up with a business administration uh, associates mm-hmm. from the community college. And then I got a bachelor's in human resources management with a concentration in international business. Yeah. Awesome. So, look at that. And there's so much of that that I would imagine a applies to absolutely church and absolutely. what the church is doing so what does that look like to get a bachelor's degree in something other than theology some of our prospective student listeners uh, might be going to college yeah. and studying theology but i'll bet you a lot 
are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what was that like to study something totally different from theology? And what is what is that like when you come into the seminary classroom with um, that kind of unique background? Yeah, it it really brings a different perspective. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not. I felt like I was behind and I was a little worried about that because coming in, it's like, well, I don't know my Greek. I don't know my Hebrew. I don't know theology as well as these guys. Like the last Lutheran catechism, catechesis class I really had was confirmation in seventh and eighth grade. Right. Sure. And so I was, I was nervous as all get out. Um, but really coming from a different background, you bring in different life experiences, different things that are really utilized in ministry. Like my networking skills and mm. my communication skills. And I mean, I did grant writing in high school. By the time I graduated high school, I wrote over $150,000 oh, wow. worth of wow. grants That'll uh, come in for handy. monetary and, oh yeah, monetary and gift donations, food, things like that. So, you know, I've got a lot of business backgrounds and communications and networking backgrounds, but... And that's why you work in the enrollment. I was going to say, it sounds like Dan is like trying to interview for a job. We put all that to work. (laughs) He's got it already. I mean, this is just a stepping stone, getting this Master's of Divinity. I really want to be on the... (laughs) I mean, nothing's impossible. I'm sitting here as a director of recruitment, so you never know. And I didn't study business, though. Yeah, but I mean, with business background and human resources especially, you're dealing with people. In the yeah. parish, yep. you're working with people. It's a very social thing. You're getting to meet people where they're at in their lives and being able to kind of talk to them on that level and bring the gospel to them wherever yeah. they're at. Yeah. That's really kind of what we're here for. So so you're in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have incredible job opportunities, one where you could potentially be a globe trotter. I always encourage people to, to travel the world because yeah. uh, the world is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just opens your eyes to so many different things and open doors, networking. I just had a friend from Finland who's a pastor in Helsinki come and visit last week. So you just never know who you're going to bump into. Um, You're getting close to your senior year. People are telling you that you should become a pastor. And, you know, we're kind of already in our admission cycle for the fall of 2023. Mm -hmm. What's going on in your head and and what are things that you're doing? It's the fall of, I imagine you, you started in 2020. Uh, so no, 2021. 21. So yes, yeah. the fall of 2020. Daniel fall Buckman, of 2020. Senior at University of Tennessee. Yeah. What's going on in your brain? And well, I was tired of for? Zoom University. I'll tell you mm, that. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all get that. Everybody yeah. was was yeah. tired of that. Yeah. So I was I was uh, pushing hard that year. I mean, I had 20 credit hours. I had an internship at my church. And I worked at UPS, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, some days it would be three days a week. Some days it would be six days a week Mm. working six to eight hours. Uh, So I was, I was really busy. Um, And ultimately I I realized by working at UPS and by working in kind of that environment, am I, am I working to live or am I living to work? Mm. So am I, am I working to live on the weekends and, you know, make that money during the week so that on the weekends I can rest and relax? Right. Or am I going out every day and excited to go to work and excited to interact with all these people and be just a happier person overall, even if I'm not getting paid perhaps six figures like I would have been? You're, you're singing music to my ears. I just spent two days telling uh, high school students because, you know, 
at the high school level, I tell them all the time, I would love for you to consider church work, pastor, deaconess, DCE, mm-hmm. teacher, down the road, as a potential profession. I was like, but no matter what you choose, right? Some people can be motivated by money. I tried mm-hmm. in my young adulthood to pursue career paths that would pay me a ton. It just it didn't. That alone wouldn't work for me. I was like, so if you can, if you can find an overlap between uh, lifestyle comfort, mm-hmm. whatever that means for you, it's gonna that's gonna be a sliding scale for all people, whatever that looks like, and join your job to where when you wake up in the morning. I never wake up here at CSL and say, man, I have to go to work. Like. I wake up and I'm like, man, it's such an incredible blessing of, of what I get to do. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that way in my, my part-time call. I feel that way as a graduate student. So if you can get there as an adult where lifestyle and joy for what you do Absolutely. for a living overlap, I was like, that's inevitably what you want to be. You don't mm-hmm. want to get be five years into a career and say, man, what a crappy day. Yeah, and I have to go to work. <laughs> and and the I think the the other piece is um, I that I've heard people say, and I certainly resonate with this is um, it's work that I really believe I must do. Oh sure, and yeah. and that I'm sort of uniquely qualified in some way to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the trying to get kind of outside of the in inner stuff, the inside mm-hmm. stuff is, is to think about, is the work compelling? Uh, Wendell yeah. Berry once said that, you know, that the work is compelling if you're working on something that can't be accomplished in your lifetime. Oh, um, so, so, um, reaching the entire world with the good news of Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a goal that I probably won't finish in my well, entire lifetime, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but raising up more church workers uh, to send people out to the harvest fields. That's that's kind of my my life calling, at, at least for sure. Yeah. What I'm what I'm doing right now. I love every day of it. Yeah. Uh, so extremely busy. You're always I, you're always on the move around here as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, I'm never stopping. And it's the fall. <laughs> and so, what was what was kind of the you, you talked about living to work or working to live. What mm-hmm. was kind of the the moment that pushed you and how did you get connected to CSL? And then, and then what began the application process? Mm-hmm. What was it like? Uh, and then, um, kind of what was that final determining factor for, for enrolling? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Cause I was in Spanish class in my senior year <laughs> when I made the decision to come to seminary. All right. Okay. Um, I've been, fill, I've been filling out an application for a while, uh, all throughout the fall semester and everything was kind of in and they were just waiting to hear back from me if I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure I was back and forth. It was an every day. One day I'd be like, I'm going to seminary. I'm going to do this. And then the next day, how on earth could I be a pastor for somebody <laughs> like my dad, who's been, you know, Lutheran longer than I've been alive and all these things. I'm like, no, no way. Not me. And so it was a day by day. I, one day, yes. Next day, no. And so, uh, I was sitting in Spanish class over zoom, of course. Um, and I was writing an escritura, a Spanish paper. And it was basically, the prompt was, what do you want to do when you graduate? Hmm. And I was like, shoot, I've been asking myself this question for like a really long time and it changes every day. And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, eventually I boiled it down to, if I don't think about money, if I don't think about 
what other people expect of me, if I don't think about what other people think I have to do right now, if I don't think about anything, any offers, any job offers, anything right now, what would be something I want to do or that I see myself doing for the rest of my life or that would be fulfilling? Mm. And the first thing and only thing that popped to mind was ministry. Look at that. And then, of course, I was like, shoot, now I have to get this into Spanish. But <laughs> after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to say yes. And so this was April of 2021. You're one of those guys. And a month Sorry. and a half later, I was here in St. Louis doing summer Greek, and I'm like, oh my goodness. That's that's really interesting because I I there's so much of life that comes at us. I mm-hmm. think in the internet world where you're constantly scrolling through social media and there are all these voices that are bombarding you and my my to-do list and my calendar is kind of like that. And I think it's easy to get into this this mindset and this uh, just kind of phase of life where you're just reacting to mm-hmm. all the stuff that's coming at you. And that's fascinating that you took some time and asked those questions of if there were no if there were no to do list items yeah. and there and there were no items on my calendar, mm-hmm. um, and that's a really interesting way of kind of cutting through um, being busy. So many people say, mm-hmm. "Well, how are you doing? I'm I'm busy." Yeah. Um, and it means you're probably just reacting to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said recently to me that you should say instead, um, you sh- instead of saying, I'm too busy to do that, you should say, I'm not prioritizing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I have that much guts. Oh, I, I've, I've had to say that to people. Yeah, in, it, in it nicer is, ways. <laughs> uh, I mean, kind of sometimes, because yeah. uh, it is one of those things. Yeah. I, I advocate for... Uh, mental health right, care for, right. for everybody. Uh, and when I'm working with my counselor and I'm in one of these busy seasons, that's the first thing we do. We say, mm-hmm. okay, what's, what's priority one, which is always the same thing, faith and family. Yep. It comes with my faith and then Dorothy and the kids. And nothing outdoes those top priorities. And then what's next? And then it's you know usually my vocation as director of recruitment, graduate school, because uh, that's really important in my life. And then how much time is required for those things? And then what comes after? And then yep. and then you have to be like, man, sometimes friends want to do things. It's like, sorry, bro. Uh, I was out of town for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dorothy and the kids get me for the next couple right. of days. I'll have to catch you guys probably next year or something like that. So that's, I mean, for your age, no. and you're not I mean, well, actually, you are very young. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now, my knees I, I, don't tell me that every morning. <laughs> I, I, I was about to, like, try to make an age comparison, but that's just embarrassing. Anyway. Hey, I'm only 23. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Could be my son. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you, you're, you're too old to be my son. Hey, but I've already and had yet, a career. <laughs> not biologically. He could be my son. Anyway. So, I, but just to get to that moment, because I... I mean, I got to the seminary when I was 27. I was a mm-hmm. a long bloomer. Uh, I tell people all the time, it, it was God's timing, because if I'd have done undergraduate and graduated when I was 22, and I'd have come here when I was 22 in the same mindset that I was mm-hmm. then, oh, man, you, they would, they, 
I, I would have struggled more than I did when I was older. Blink one, <laughs> Blink 182's song, Nobody Likes You When You're 23, came out when I was 23. Listen. <laughs> I was at the seminary at the time, though. So, yeah, yeah. I had some growing up to do. But I, I just think that's incredible, especially, yeah. again, where you were in life, what was going on in your mm -hmm. young adult life, having to go through college during COVID and all those yeah, other yeah. things. And when you slowed down... Um, and just based upon everything you were doing, you, you just you just landed. Very, it very is. wise. Very wise. Uh, well, I, I also had to grow up quick. Sure. Yeah. Because I I worked at UPS and I started there when I was eighteen, right out of high school, yeah. all throughout college, all throughout undergrad. And um I got promoted to a supervisor mm -hmm. when I was still eighteen. I'd worked yeah. there three months and I was just working my tail off. And then they said, well, hey, do you want to be a part-time supervisor? I said, yeah, sure. And I was a part-time supervisor working full-time hours. Right. But I was managing people that were twice my age, people who had kids my age, people who had grandkids my age, mm. and telling them what to do and make the job get done. You know, it was always something that really had to, I had to grow up for. And I remember when I started going to UT, I was still waking up. I'd go to work between 2 and 4 in the morning, mm. every morning. And at that time, they, um, uh, I, was, I was driving home from the library one night from studying, and I saw these frat guys walking by. And I knew they were frat guys because they were wearing suits and, you know, jacket, tie, button-down, everything, and then boxers and flip-flops. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'm just too old for this. They were on a Zoom or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, I'm, I'm too old for this. So I, I had to mature quickly. Uh, and I noticed that it was almost weird because my parents uh, were older. You know, my dad is uh, 66 now. Um, so he had me when he was 42. Wow. And, uh, you know, they raised me where on the weekends we worked on the house. Mm. We grew up in a fixer-upper. And so I was working all the time. And uh, every summer, my mom would put us through uh, what we would call mom's boot camp. Mm. And we would go out and mulch all 12 gardens every uh every summer we had an acre and a half that we lived on and nice. it was put to full use and it was it's always something to do for the family something to do around the house something to do on the house and so you know i could have been a construction worker contractor or somebody yeah just from all my experience working on a house what did your parents think about you deciding to come to seminary how how did that those uh Kind of the initial, like, hey, mom and dad, I'm thinking about this. And then what was it like to say, all right, 100%, I'm, I'm going? They were hands off. Okay. Oh. They were hands off the whole time because they said, we don't want to say yes or no and have you feel the pressure of your parents uh, kind of making that decision for mm -hmm. you almost. Yeah. And it was hands off and it was them saying, all right, you discern this, you talk with the people you need to, we can give you some advice, but we're not going to we're not going to say anything. And so when yeah. I said yes, they were like, we do think that is kind of the right decision. Hmm. And I, we see that. I pray that I'm like that with my kids when they're, mm -hmm. when they're adults and making yeah. adult yeah. decisions. Yeah. To work. Cause you know, everybody can parent the way they want to. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, even when it comes to career choices, same thing, or here's, let's do pros and cons. Yeah. Let's think about all these different things. But I think that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, parents can, be overbearing at times. Yeah. Right. My but, parents raised me kind of strict when I was younger, but it, mm. it instilled a good work ethic yep. and yeah. good morals and stuff inside yeah. to where 
you know, now I'm just almost a peer and they're some of my best friends, mm. you know? So wow. it's, uh, it's kind of a really cool family dynamic that I re I really love my parents That's and, awesome. uh, them being supportive of me doing this. And even if I didn't do this, they'll stem them still supporting me, loving me, caring for me yeah. and all these things. It's, it's really cool to see and really encouraging to see. So. All right. Time for a shout out to your parents because they're probably going to watch. Mom, so. dad, I love you guys. I I won't always say that in person because I don't want your egos to get too inflated, but I uh, love you guys. Well, of course, nice. you, you should nice. say yeah. it in person. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. We, I, I do. Yeah, I do. But uh, uh, my dad and I have a really good uh, back and forth. He nice. taught me sarcasm. Oh. And mm -hmm. my mom doesn't always laugh at his jokes now. He, she just kind of groans at them. And whenever I make a joke, oh, she dies laughing. <laughs> and it gets my dad so, oh, it's great. I love it. it. I'm Fantastic. a major troll, and my kids are mastering the skill anyway <laughs> it'll come back to bite you i'm a factor of that uh, you know what it's i'm okay with it because <laughs> my my jonathan my oldest he's he's a major practical joker and he's a little too good at it for his age <laughs> and the, anyway there are times when he like i'm on the verge of like really getting on his case and then he hits me with a psych i'm like kid i'm, I'm glad you know when the line <laughs> is getting approached uh I want to switch gears real quick yeah, uh, because, again, we don't often have uh, current students on Under the Fig Tree. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, kind of briefly, what's it like? Uh, you've been here now for a year and a half mm -hmm. at CSL because you, you didn't really go home during the summer because you had Hebrews. No, so you've been living yeah. in St. Louis on our campus for a year and a half. What's, what's that experience like for you? Uh, there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. I will say that. There's always something going on. And if you are feeling isolated – it's probably on you. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I work uh, way too many jobs on campus, but I do that because I either get asked to because they're like, hey, you were recommended for this. And I'm just social. I get to know people. Yeah. And it's a really close-knit community here. Yeah. And there's always somebody's door you can go knock on, whether they're in married housing or in the dorms. So there's always something to do, always something to, always something to read for class. Huh? Right. But, uh, I, I mean, so I became an instant fan of Dan. Uh, one day I was preaching in chapel and using barbecue and patience as an illustration. Yes. I was like, yeah, if you come over to my house, I'll probably give you a plate as long as you tell me it's good. And immediately <clears throat> Dan started texting me like on weekends, did you barbecue? <laughs> yeah. Did you barbecue? Did you barbecue? And he finally hit gold because he finally came over. He's come over probably for a couple of barbecues. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, just I, I'm a fan of that because Ben knows me. Like, if if you put something out there, I ask, and if you mm -hmm. don't put it out there, I ask. That, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm a director of recruitment. Cause I'm I'm not afraid to ask anybody for anything, and I, I value that because sometimes asking for things and things like that can be a, a symbol of pride, especially for men. Um, but like when you get into ministry, I mean, that's going to be a skill that's going to serve you and your parish well, just being bold and asking for things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's such yeah. a, an incredible thing. So I always, it was one of those things, I was like, man, Dan, like, because everybody will say it in passing, but Dan actually yeah. texted and was like, yeah. did your barbecue. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. when people say something, I want to also hold them to it. Well, and especially if people make the offer, because yeah. Yeah, they're I making, know. if they're making the offer, it's because they, they, they honor you and they care about you and they, they would love for the opportunity mm. to. I I had people in the parish all the time that would ask me stuff, and my my first inclination was to say, "Oh no, that's okay, that's okay," but then I kind of realized I'm dishonoring them, yeah, um, because I'm 
I'm I'm dissing them. I'm saying like, no, I don't I don't want your thing that you're offering. And I I think sometimes uh, hospitality is about receiving hospitality mm-hmm, sure. just as much as it is offering it. Yeah. Well, and that was I mean for me and Dorothy when we were deciding to to move on campus uh, after I received my call and we were trying to think about it middle of COVID. Part of it was like convenience. It's like, well, in the middle of COVID, it might be nice to live on campus. But then as we were going through it, it's, it was it was also one of those things being able to be present and to be able to serve prospective students as a director of recruitment, uh, but also our current students. Because I, I, I was not that long ago, I was a student here. And when, you know, the faculty members and staff members opened up their doors, it just it made this place so much more vibrant. And yeah. if we could help contribute to that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we just we just wanted to, so. Well, uh, what, what else about being a student? I mean, there's intramurals, yeah. I mean, there's all types of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had Oktoberfest not too, too long ago. Yeah, yeah. the Jambalaya Fest, shout out to, it, what, the church in New Orleans that comes up and does that for us. Yeah, I think it's St. Paul's yeah. and Pastor Paul. Oh, it's so God good. bless him. Yeah. I, listen, I was traveling for Jambalaya Fest. Dorothy right. did get me some. Oh. Jambalaya, yeah. but man, so good. it's my favorite event. So good. Anyway, I was coming back from uh, my institutional module out at a military base a couple hours away from here. Scotts? Yeah. I mean, so or no, no, Scots. not not Scotts. Uh, Fort Leonard Wood. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it was right. uh, it was a little ways out there. Got to meet LCMS Army Chaplain. Follow nice. him around yeah. for the day. Meet with a Navy Chaplain who's uh, I think Episcopalian or something. Okay. And uh, another Army Chaplain that's Independent Baptist, and just kind of talk with chaplains to see what it is they do and stuff like that yeah. and uh chaplaincy on your radar it is yeah good yeah. for you i'm putting in my package right now for um navy awesome right. so uh, i it, it was it was on my radar uh, my dad is a career marine mm-hmm. i i would lie and say it's still not a pool and now that they are i don't want to say that they're desperate for chaplains but they're widening no yeah they are i mean they are desperate it's for huge, chaplains. It's, it's a, a huge a mission field um but you know, it is married with kids it has to be something that Everybody agrees yeah. to, so we're happy here. But yeah, that's that's good for you uh, to double down and serve, uh, at least consider serving the military, serve as a, a chaplain and a pastor. I mm-hmm. the highest that's regard awesome. for that. I mean, I knew you were a good guy. Well, Dan, um, we we could always we always get to this moment where the the conversation. One day we might be able to hold an audience for a couple hours. I don't think today's that day though. Uh, we're getting to the point where uh, of our segment, we, we've been doing this ever since we've relaunched Under the Fig Tree, where uh, it's things are either ripe for the picking mm-hmm. or you, you want to leave them on the tree. Uh, it is by far uh, the most subjective and judgmental part of uh, right. the podcast, and this may or may not qualify you for ministry in the future. It probably won't, but uh, we're going to go through a series of random things. If you like it, it's ripe for the picking. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. leave it on the tree. Uh, we flip a coin. That's how I decide everything in my life. I'm I'm ready to go. There we uh, go. How about playing in leaves? Playing in leaves. Oh, absolutely. I'm taking that one. All right. So it's, so it's right, right for, for the picking. picking. All right. What do you think, Micah? So uh, he doesn't want to get the sneak dirty. <laughs> so listen, I don't even I don't even walk through wet grass. And this is this is what's going through my mind, jumping into a pile of leaves. So if 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 there was a big pile of leaves, because we're getting close to that part of the year, and my kids are out there. I'll do it. It's You'll jump into the pile with with my kids. Oh, yeah. there's, there's. Yeah. I mean, it's not snow, and so yeah. But all I'm thinking of is how itchy I'm going to be. Oh yeah. Afterwards, 100%. my I have very sensitive skin, and I am going to be 
on fire afterwards. Oh, so the joy of doing it with my kids is enough to be itchy for. Mm-hmm. But if you were just going to ask me if I wouldn't do it, I'd leave it on the tree. See, I thought you were one of the guys that was like, oh, there's bugs in there. Not, not, not bugs. Oh, no. no, no, no. It's just the, the little pricks from the leaves. It's no. going to irritate my skin, and I'm going to be unrealistically itchy afterwards. That's all. Yeah. Get you some lotion and everything <laughs> it, will be good. It, I, man, if there was something that would help this, it, it's so... I could get it's, into dermatology. Leave it on the things. tree for yeah. me. I leave it on the tree. I um I I would be uh, thrilled to to rake up piles of leaves for my kids to jump in, but I'm I ain't jumping. It's not for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, see, I'm still 23. So there you go. yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, right for the picking or leave it on the tree. Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Ooh. Right for the picking. Yeah. See, I, Ben's a pretentious eater. Also, <laughs> so I knew he was going to yeah. leave it on the tree. Oh, see, I, I hear he likes really spicy things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Shoot, I was going to bring a fig today. I picked a fig. From the quad? From the quad. Are they it right? was green, and oh, okay. I, I set mm. it on my windowsill to let it um, ripen. Okay. And it, it, it's not, they're not ready yet. Not but they're there. close. They're really, really close. So... Uh, but yeah, pork rinds, 100% leave it on the tree. See, My parents liked pork rinds dude, growing pork rinds up. Are and delicious. for me, it was like, uh. mm-hmm. so, so Sam's Club has like a big barrel of them yeah. for like four ninety nine. I mean, part of it, look, is if you grew up around pigs, yeah. like, uh, no. Because I know what, pork rind is just skin. Yeah. Deep fried. Yeah. You wash like, them off. <laughs> no, deep no, fried no. them bad boys. Uh-huh. You, good have go. you ever seen a pig like in yes. a pig's tie? You I'm, don't just uh, like spray them off and they're like, "Ooh, it's clean." Listen, when you have nah. a, a when you have a, a, a whole <laughs> no pork way. roast, the crackling, dude, absolutely. The skin on animals, Picking that stuff. Off. The skin on animals when it's roasted and cooked right is like the best part. Talitha won't eat like fried chicken skin. I'm like, oh, how no, could chicken you? skin. Yeah, but but I also chickens raised, are gross too. I also raise chickens. <laughs> I was gonna say they're, chickens they're are pretty also really gross. gross. But at least you can. You can pick pick all the feathers off, and you know, but but pigs. Man, listen, woof. Man. so what? So you don't eat ham or bacon? Oh, that's or, on the inside. Well, the, yeah, that's the, on the okay, inside. Okay. That's okay. totally fine. So when you take a shower, then and you get clean, <laughs> he's, he's are trying, you saying he's that pigs to, can't get clean? To split a, a, you, a hair. You here. didn't grow up on a farm, did you? No, I did helping out okay. uh, local uh, farmers and stuff. I never worked directly with pigs, but I yeah. did cattle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, are cattle are a hundred percent cleaner than <laughs> 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 Oof. Mm. All right. Um mowing your own grass. Do you like oh, to mow grass? Ripe for the picking. Absolutely. What is going on? I no, I love I love it. cutting grass too, bro. Yeah, I love the smell grass. of it and getting out yeah. there and oh. I mean we've got an acre and a half, so it takes a couple hours to do it. And sometimes we'll just push mow it. I hate cutting grass and and i i will just admit i i am evidently a pretentious city guy <laughs> city slicker but i i grew up doing that i have terrible allergies especially to grass i have bad so, grass allergies but i still love it my my wife was like why don't you put one of those masks on and i would oh 10 seconds in it would be coming off because it's too, so much. It's too much sorry i'll i won't i'll spare our <laughs> listeners the details but um oh man it yeah Living on campus is really good for you. Oh yeah, I I am hundred <laughs> percent thrilled for other people to to mow the grass. I was gonna say we do live a bougie lifestyle. Oh, we don't we have do. to cut we our do. own grass. And yeah, I, yeah. Th- I'll say this: I love the time I reclaim from not having to do yard maintenance. We don't. I mean, we don't have to yeah. shovel our own yeah. sidewalks when it snows, which right. is, I actually love more. Uh, but when I when I was a homeowner, I mean, Saturday morning I get up, like, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing, and like. 
perfect edges along the sidewalk. I love I cutting my grass. I, no. I, it, was, it was a thing. For me, it was like I could be doing a million other things. You can't listen to a book while you're yeah, you while can. You're yeah, mowing. you can. I guess <laughs> evidently didn't have the right headphones. Okay, I was gonna, like, I mean, no. that's a must. Like, put in headphones, put on a podcast or some jams, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good to go, oh, bro. I, yeah. I had a, I had a grass mowing playlist wow. on Apple Music. Wow. Uh, oh, by the way, not that long ago, a commenter le- left in YouTube uh, when we were talking about Google Maps versus Apple Maps. You oh, can yeah. do multiple stops on Apple Maps. Now I have to go on and check. Ooh. So Apple Maps are officially better than Google Maps. You heard it here first. It's official. Yikes. Where, where was it? We were just. We were just out as a team, and Google Maps didn't have the restaurant we were going to or something. It was like just last week. And it was on Apple Maps. Did and I, then we, we found it eventually. That yeah. it, was, it was like Mr. Beast Burger. They, it, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so that, that didn't put Apple Maps over the top. We were, we were wondering if Apple Maps was right and Google Maps was wrong. But, yeah, you're right. It was a ghost kitchen. It was. Yeah. Uh, right for the picking or leave it on the tree water skiing oh see this thing i've never really done much of it so i don't know uh i might leave that one on the tree for right now but i would be more than happy to take it off Hmm. i've i've never been water skiing i've never tried a wakeboarding either like jet ski i like water sports yeah i uh, it was i come up with these at all times of the day (laughs) <laughs> and they go onto my notes list. So there's there's no rhyme or reason to any of them. They're very random. Mm-hmm. I like I like water skiing. I I haven't done a ton of it. I say I've probably been out four or five times. It, um, it's a lot of work. It's a full yeah. body workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, because I'm so tall, it oh, you it have to squat. Is, I bet. I when when you're when you're coming up, um, it's just I have a higher point of gravity, right. and so. Like if you get wobbling just a little bit, it's easy yeah. to go down. And oh, you're gonna eat I, it. I, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I I love tubing. I love uh, kneeboarding, but but skiing. Like man, if if you if you hit a big wave, and you're just oh, six foot down. three, just face plant. I know you're the, pain. I'm six foot three, and you're you're um, you're going much faster <laughs> right. on. Uh, for with water skiing than you are with tubing oh, or whatever. So I, I've been messing around on, on a jet ski and turned too hard and thrown myself. And even then, like water isn't always soft. Yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> when you're going fast, it does hurt. But yeah. yeah. All right. This is the this might might be a controversial one. I I hope it is actually. Uh Christmas music in November. I was gonna say October and I thought that might really Trigger um, some people. Trigger some people. It, but Christmas it, music in not and not Advent music. I mean Christmas music in November. Is it before or after Thanksgiving? Before. Ooh, leave it on the tree. I, I mean, it's a leave it on the tree for me. So like, it's one of these things. Like, if because if we're you, you didn't say Christmas hymns. I think you can sing Christmas hymns. Yeah, you can sing Christmas around. hymns. But all I'm the talking time. about like. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which I don't really care for anyway. Just leave it on the tree. I'm, oh. I guess I'm a Scrooge. I I love Christmas music, and I could probably listen to it all could year you? long. And both both the Christmas hymns as well as Jolly Old St. Nick. All right. um, I, see, I don't get crazy when they start putting mm-hmm. decorations and things out or when people put them up. But I really like Thanksgiving. Me too. And I so, love Thanksgiving. I love the food. And yeah. I feel like you're starting to downplay that holiday by pushing <laughs> Christmas. I mean, 
I got a lead. I got a lead up to it. I mean, I've got. I've got a friend who's. I got a friend who's like you, but you're, you're downplaying, downplaying Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving by starting I want my to turkey and stuffing dressings. Like. I, I don't know if I ever quite articulated that way. That's fantastic. but like I, I look forward to Thanksgiving. I, I don't know if you can downplay Christmas. Uh, One of my no, favorite Thanksgiving favorite, favorite Christmas albums ever is. Um, is Christmas Unicorn by Sufjan Stevens. And he's got this song, I'm a Christmas Unicorn. And it is this huge mashup of like hymns. And, and he even has not, not only, uh, well, Silver and Gold is the album that it's on. Okay. But, but the song, I'm a Christmas Unicorn, is this huge mashup between uh, like Lenten hymns because Christ that is coming is going to be the Christ to who goes to the cross. So this album is such a weird mix of like mm. bad church choirs singing Silent Night and uh, these crazy, um, crazy Christmas tunes like like you grew up watching. <laughs> so uh, it's like a Charlie Christian, Brown. It's like a Christian Weird Al. It's kind of. That's an, that's an interesting. <laughs> he's just a, an agglomeration. He's he's definitely Christian. He's a confessional yeah. Christian. Um, I think he's maybe Presbyterian or something. But um, he just likes it all. And I like I like listening to that song. I could I could listen to that song all year long. You like what you like. Yeah, yeah. I'm weird. <laughs> our, I, our listeners clearly know that about me now. I'm bougie and pretentious. Uh, pretentious. And I run the wine society. <laughs> and I'm a city slicker. Well, hey, I, I went on. to that for the first time. Yeah, that was that was pretty, uh, nice. pretty interesting. Yeah, I, we uh, didn't. We didn't. Uh, there was no. There was no wine shaming, right? Uh, no, no. Uh, you know what I started putting for color is because I don't know how to tell. I put uh, red, red, and then I put um, yellow, like reddish, <laughs> reddish brown. Oh, that's and then like probably like brownish red. Right? And that's, I was so confused as it. to how the. <laughs> Okay, that works. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, we could go long into the differences between something like a Chianti, which is going to have kind of a brick red, and something like a Zinfandel, which is going to be almost purple. Pink. But oh, not uh, pink. No, you mean white Zinfandel? Or you uh, just offended mind. me anyway. And this is about here we go. Me. This, this is this is how under the fig tree breaks apart. Oh, I don't know what a Zinfandel is. We start is. talking about wine. Yeah. And it all oh. just goes down. <laughs> Dorothy, to Dor our listeners, don't drink yeah. white Zinfandel. Well, yeah. Dorothy uh, worked at a wine and cigar shop, so she knows quite a bit about it. I yeah. just, I, it's, I like wine, but it's just, just give me a good tasting wine. That's all. Yeah, yeah. That's take us home with one more. What last right for the picking and leaving on the tree? And this, I, this is interesting because you're also our, our youngest listener so far. So I'll be interested to hear oh, what you say. Well. '90s teen sitcoms. Uh, so like Dawson's Creek or Saved by the Bell. So, you know what's yeah. funny is uh, I grew up without cable. Oh. And I grew up without uh, much of anything. Good so, it was, it, was te it was movies for my family. Oh. Yeah. So, we're big movie people. Yeah. We would quote movies to each other in movie yeah. lines. And then the person has to guess what movie it's from. Oh, nice. And then if they right. don't get it, that means, hey, that's on your movie watch list. You have to watch that movie again. Okay. Ooh. And we have like a wall of movies. And I have friends who come, whenever I go back to town, I've yeah. got a couple friends who... Uh, we regularly schedule, all right, we're coming over and you guys are watching a movie and we're watching a movie together. Uh, so I would have to leave that one on the tree just mm. because I never grew up with it. Fair. So, oh, good for you. So, so you mentioned um, 
Saved by the Bell or Dawson's Creek. What are the nine hundred two one zero? Is that would you consider Beverly that nineties? Yeah, I, I I never really watched Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. And like Dawson's Creek and well, Saved by the Bell first is what like yeah, yeah immediately yeah, came to my mind. Dawson's Creek is like later nineties. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, just shows along that like where like teen angst is like. Yeah. What you're trying to work through. Urkel. Uh, man, I, I love uh, <laughs> Family Matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, even like uh, in the early 90s, because I'm, I'm, I was born in 84. So in like the early 90s, I wasn't necessarily a teen. That's why Dawson's Creek came to mind, even though I did still watch Saved by the Bell. Like Salute Your Shorts or mm. Hey Dude. You didn't know about Salute Your Shorts? It's like a, about a kids at a camp, which was more in line with how old I was. And they mm. had like a... Camp counselor, you might have been more like. Well, anyway, I was probably in college, bro. <laughs> well, anyway, I wasn't gonna say, but well, oh, you, anyway, you know, I was born in ninety nine. Yeah, right? ninety nine. Like, but see, but I mean, if you guys listen, wanted me to watch these sitcoms, uh, but, I'd be I'd be an infant but sitting there. Some things are classics. I've seen movies that were made in the seventies and listened to music. That oh dates yeah, me. yeah. I was a senior in college, nineteen ninety nine. I was a freshman in high school. There you anyway. Go. So for me, totally ripe for the picking. I I'm a huge pop culture fan, I and so yeah. I I love it. I love all of it. It's um yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, or, or even like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That would have been even more of adult level teen yeah. show. But it was definitely made for teens and not adults yeah. when it was made. Yeah. I'm just that was saying. that was out when I was in college. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, Daniel, uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, happy uh, to be here. Thank you for. Uh, a, making that decision to come and be trained mm -hmm. next year. You're, I'm sure you have your pre-vicarage meetings going on right now, yeah, which are all exciting. really good. That's so cool. Part of my favorite part of the second year was, you know, anyway, I won't spoil it's them. It's 180 for you. days to call day. Look there at that. Go. That's all I'm saying. And then, yeah, you'll vicarage be off placement. Yeah. for vicarage, come back for your fourth year. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll have you on again and yeah, see, see what you've learned since then. That would be cool. That'd be awesome. I'd love to be here awesome uh and then also just thank you for helping us in our work and all that you do for the seminary uh yeah because you, you do a ton as a student and as a worker as well yeah, yeah i've right. got like six jobs so somebody's got to make sure the seminary campus is still running uh, just, just <laughs> thinking like it. how many people I have to it. be replaced when he goes off to vicars well uh thank I you have one public service announcement for Sorry. our listeners um that i almost forgot right listeners and uh viewers we want you to, um, to, to give us some suggestions. I want you to give us some suggestions. Micah is very confident in his ripe for the picking or leave it under the tree, leave it on the tree, leave it under the tree. That's kind of a Christmas theme. Um, <laughs> ripe for the picking or leave it on the tree. Uh, would you, would you suggest some things, uh, especially for me? So these are things that, uh, I will pay attention. So if you leave it in the YouTube comments, um, or find me on Twitter or Facebook and um, uh, send me a, a message. I would love to uh, hear your ideas for what should we do on Ripe for the Picking or Leave It Under the Tree. Yeah. Leave well, it on the tree. And we also didn't mention, um, but if you are a listener and you've uh, been thinking and mulling this over, uh, and if you hit the link in the description that, that for our request for information and you fill that out and you're a new uh person filling out a form uh ben will send you a book yes i will and uh right now we're sending out copies of dr leo sanchez's sculptor spirit which is a that, remarkable book it is and it's also a textbook that's uh, one of my books for uh 
second year here. Yep, we're saving you money right yep. there. Look at that. Yeah, you could be ahead of the game. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us under the fig tree. Uh, and just remember, if you yourself are thinking about ministry, hit that link. Uh, let us get in contact with you and, and begin those conversations to help you through your discernment uh, process. And if you know anybody who you think would be a good church worker uh, in the near or far future, please make sure that you share under the fig tree with them. Uh, subscribe to Concordia Seminary's YouTube page and please like these videos uh, so that we know you're listening and enjoying. And thank you all for joining us.